Hey, welcome to the Resolve Podcast, episode number 22. I'm Carly Tizano, a New Year's resolution coach, obsessed with all things goal setting, personal development, coaching, and of course, resolutions. One of my biggest goals is to help you reach yours. I'm here to provide the tools, support, and inspiration you need to reach your goals this year and every year, and to feel supported every day along the way. Now, today is a special day of the year. Happy Valentine's Day. And in light of this holiday, I decided to have a very special guest come on and talk to us about all things relationship related. So whether or not you are in a romantic relationship or not married or not, I think that my guest today has a lot of very special insight to share into relationships, how to make them the best that they can be. And the best news is that we can do all of that without trying to change anyone else. So my guest today is Heather Flake. She is a stay-at-home mom and certified life coach. She works with women from the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints who feel disenchanted, alone, and guilty in their marriage. The best part of her work is that she gets to work with women as individuals rather than working with the couples. Most of her clients believe that their spouse needs to change in order for them to feel better, and she gets to show them what they can control and change to feel better even if their spouse stays the same. She loves her family, Shamu, rainbow chip frosting, and dancing to loud music. So we touch on several of those topics in the interview today and just have a lot of fun. I met Heather during the second half of my certification with the Life Coach School, so we have a common background there as well. And it's so fun to go back and touch on so many of the topics that we learned about, to be able to connect about them, and hopefully to share with you some tips and tools that you can use in your own relationships and on this very special day of the year. So without further ado, here's my interview with Heather Flake. Heather, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Of course. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Well, before we dive into our Valentine's conversation, why don't you share a little bit about your journey and everything that led you to where you are today? Okay. Yes. So my name is Heather Flake and I found life coaching in 2018. Yes. Yeah. So 2018 was like a really rough year. And the beginning of 2019, one of my really good friends was like, Hey, you should listen to this podcast. It was Jody Moore's better than happy. And at the time I was not a podcast listener. My husband was a big podcast listener. And I was just like, Oh yeah, that's something that nerdy people do. Like <laughs> not for me. <laughs> Anyways, I listened to this podcast and I was like, Oh my gosh, I love this. I had no idea that life coaching was a thing. Anyways, I signed up with Jody and started doing her stuff. And then it was funny at the same time I was applying to get my master's degree to be like a counselor and a marriage and family therapist. And when I found and listened to Jody, I was like, no, this is exactly what I want to do. So a year later, I went through the life coach school and got all certified. And I started just doing general life coaching in 2020, 2021. And then now I just found as I did that, that I love coaching on relationships, specifically marriage. So now that's what I do. And it's fun. I don't focus on the couple. I focus on mostly the woman that's just, dude, this is so hard. This is not what I signed up for. Mm -hmm. I love my husband. I want to stay, but this is sucking. And like that spouse that's, I love my husband, but I really think he needs to change in order for me to feel better. Mm, And I teach them all all that their problem. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. If the husband would just get it together, I'd be so much happier. So going off of that, can you share some of the common relationship struggles that you help clients with? They'll probably mostly be from the wife's perspective, like you said, but can you yeah. give us a glimpse? Absolutely. Yeah. That's the main thing is most of my clients come to me and they're just like, listen, my husband does X, Y, and Z, and it makes me really upset and sad. And he doesn't blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, no, listen, we just want husband to stay exactly the way he is. All we need to do is 
is work on you. You can change so much about yourself and your thoughts, and that's going to totally transform the relationship. You're going to think husband has changed, but actually he's the exact same just because of the work that you do. And I have coached a man before, and he came with that same thing. Like I'm doing all of these things. And I just feel like my wife's not really on my level. She's not really measuring up. So those are the common things. It's just Mm. my spouse needs to get it together. But so it does go both ways, I guess. Everyone always thinks it's the other person. (laughs) Exactly. And it's just easier if we can blame someone else. (laughs) But that's so cool that you have the power to change not only your life, but also your marriage and in a way your spouse's life too, just by doing work on yourself. Exactly. And I think it's just such amazing news because I have not figured out how to control anyone, especially my spouse. It's pretty much impossible. So I think there's so much power in seeing what can you control? What can you change? And there's amazing results that happen just from you owning that side of it. Can you give us a further glimpse into that? Because I think there are some people out there who just don't believe that's possible, that it's obviously my spouse's problem and there's nothing I can do to have any impact on this whatsoever. So how does it work just changing yourself to change your relationship? Yeah. So for example, I just finished up around, I usually work with clients for six months and I started working. We just finished up this six months together and my client came and a lot of her struggles were my husband's just so unpresent. Like Mm -hmm. I get home from work and he's always on the phone or he's always playing video games and I'm working a full-time job. And then I come home and I'm supposed to make dinner and clean the house. And she was just on the verge of, I'm going to divorce this dude because this is just not working Mm -hmm. out. And so we just started unpacking her beliefs. What really is this about for you? Because I think always when they come in, it's like my spouse, right? This is all the crap my spouse is doing. And it's hard for us to see how we're feeding into that cycle or Mm -hmm. contributing in that kind of rhythm that we're in. And so with this particular client, we just debunked a lot of her stories and beliefs that she'd had, honestly, since she was a little girl. And she just recognized that, okay, like my spouse is just going to do these things. Who do I want to be? Mm. And, and I think that's another point. Like we just sit around hoping that we're going to come home from work and spouse is going to be making dinner and cleaning the house. <laughs> and I'm like, no, they're not just expect your spouse to be exactly who they are. And then you're not so upset when you get home. And then I just teach them. Okay. So we know, let's just, we know spouse is going to be doing this when you get home, but who do you want to be? How do you want to feel? And let's just own all of that. And I think that's a starting point for people is just recognizing that they have a choice Mm. and that them being angry about spouse's behavior is hurting them. Like it's feeling really bad for them and it's not helping spouse to change. Well, and that's so powerful, right? To realize that you don't have to respond to a situation the way you've always responded. You can come to it with a completely different set of beliefs, or even without that, you can come to it and at least allow yourself to feel differently, to not be upset or annoyed or irritated that you come home and husband's on the phone. Yes. Which, yeah, just like you're saying is so empowering. And and two, at the beginning, people are like, eh, no. and, (laughs) And they spent so much time just trying to convince me. They're like, what about this, Heather? Let me tell you this. Like, for sure, you're gonna believe that my spouse is the worst. (laughs) And so it's really fun to just, just find like some solid ground. No, let's start here and build a new story. Let's get a clean slate. And as a coach, you get to do that because you're never really going to buy into any of their stories. That's the whole point of you as coach is to be removed and to hold the space. And so they could say all these crazy stories about their spouse and what they've done. And your job is just to hold the space to help them process that and to realize, is this how you want to think and feel and how you want to view your relationship? And if not, this is how we're going to change. 
Exactly. And I think that it's such a fun space for me to be in because I, everything's neutral and I'll ask questions. I'm like, Oh, why do you think that's a bad thing? And they're like, what? Of course it's a bad thing. And I'm like, no, tell me, I'm not sure why you're thinking that's bad. So yeah, it's really fun to just help them access curiosity. Mm -hmm. So fascinating. So what have you found are the most effective ways for, I guess, just one person in a relationship to work to deepen their relationship? Yeah, this might sound strange, but the first place we start is with themselves. Mm. So when a client first comes to me, I'm like, okay, sister, usually sister, sometimes brother, (laughs) you've got to get your story out about what you believe about yourself Mm. and what's the story of you. And so I always have them start there. And then the next part to that, tell me what you thought marriage was going to be like, how should Mm. it be? Because I think that's where the biggest gap is. We live so much in, he should do this and it should be this way. And it's never that way. So then we get to come back and be like, okay, like, here's how it is. And here's what you thought it was going to be, but what do you want it to be? Right. While also knowing these are just some, this is just who my spouse is. What do I want to do with it? Yeah. To answer that question, the first thing is just having them get in touch and in tune with themselves. And like you said, that's the best place to start always. And then you can go yes. from there. Yeah. And it's cool because these clients naturally recognize how they're contributing to the cycle. Like they first come and it's my spouse is the bad guy. And then as we start to unpack some stories and beliefs, they're like, oh, I totally mm-hmm. see how I'm totally feeding in to this whole negative loop. How long does it take for someone to realize that? It totally varies. I've had clients within two weeks that are like, oh my gosh, okay, Mm, I've got this. (laughs) Yeah. And I've had other clients that it's been like four months and then they're like, okay, you're really not crazy. I'm seeing it. All right. So it just, it depends on the person, I think. And how much of that comes back to the story that they tell about themselves and their spouse and their marriage and what their marriage, like quote unquote, should be? I think like 99% of it, honestly. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. So how much of it is just shifting those stories to something else? 99%. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, I think, and and maybe 90% or whatever, but it's just, there's other tools, but that's definitely the bulk of this is just the way that you perceive yourself, the way you're perceiving your spouse, and just the way you perceive your marriage as a whole. Hmm. It's that story that's causing so much pain. After they've recognized that the story is in place, it's not when they want, how do you go about changing that? Yeah. So I have them recognize individual thoughts, Mm. right? Like with the client that I just finished, she just had this thought of it's always going to be this way. And so it was obviously for her at the time, unbelievable to think that anything else could happen. And I just pointed out to her, of course, because you honestly don't believe there's any room for change here. So we just start to shift that belief in just like little micro steps. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's just like the next step is, Hey, maybe it's possible that Mm -hmm. something might change here. And we just take baby steps to, to changing that thought. And then I just teach them that your brain is really good at scanning and collecting evidence to support your story. So hello, if your story is, this is never going to change. Guess what? Your brain's doing all day, Mm -hmm. finding the evidence and supporting your crappy story. So if this is really what you want it to change, it's like, we're going to have to get rid of that story. And I find that some people, as weird as it sounds, it's like, I really want to get rid of it, but they don't want to get rid of it. Mm. And so it's this process where I tell them, I'm like, you should grieve. Like I highly recommend taking some time to grieve a, what it's not, what you thought it was going to be and what you got, 
let's like grieve that loss and just take time to process and feel that emotion. And then when you're done, let's decide, okay, this is what it is, but what do I want? And how am I going to make this happen for me? Mm. And options start to present that never were there before. Cause as long as you're either believing nothing can change or that you're not in control of the change that is going to happen because of course it's all them. Yeah. Then you're really just in a double bind. You're completely stuck. Yeah, exactly. And there's, there's no hope. There's no reason to try anything because it's never going to work. Yeah. And that's, so the alternative is you can let go of those stories and make a change for what you want, or you can stay stuck believing it's just impossible. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. How and I find a lot, it, it's so freeing. And I find a lot of time clients are like, oh my gosh, this is going to be so hard. And I'm like, no, what's really hard is how you feel right now and what you're doing mm. right now. Hello. That's why you're here. That's really hard. Yeah. And I think once they just get a little taste, they're like, oh, it really is as easy as just being willing to put that story down. And I tell them, expect it to keep coming up. It's not like you're sending it down the disposal and it's never going to come back up. But the difference is when it comes, you don't attach meaning to it. You're just like, oh, no, no brain. I'm so sorry. You missed the memo. We don't tell that story anymore. This is the updated version. Here we go. Mm-hmm. It's practice. It's just like anything. If you want to get good at something, you have to practice. It's practice. And I've heard people talk about meditation to say meditation isn't about the moments when your brain is free and you're not thinking about anything. It's the moment when your brain has wandered away and you have to bring it back. That's the actual practice of meditation is getting better at doing that skill. And this is the same in that, sure, it's going to be great when you believe the new story and everything's all well and good, but the actual practice is so much more powerful of reminding yourself when the old thought comes up and bringing the new story front of mind again and choosing to believe that because then that's a skill you can apply anywhere. Exactly. And that's what's fun. Sometimes it starts, they come with a marriage or sometimes they come with just, hey, I have no Mm self-confidence. And then we always find more things that they're struggling with. And I'm like, this is amazing news because, hey, remember that principle you learned? (laughs) It's a blanket. Like you just apply it everywhere and everything elevates in your life, which is really fun to see. Yeah. And so you can apply this to any relationship, whether it's with your kids or your parents or siblings or friends, the exact same. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's just remembering that whole idea of like, when we think someone else is the problem, you're just giving them all your power. Mm Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, oh no, like you, you never want to give your power away. Like you just want to own who you are and what you have and what you're in control of. And let's keep that to, to ourselves. Let's own our power and stop passing it out to everyone. Yeah. (laughs) That's when you can make the change. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. I have noticed in coaching and just in normal life, meeting people and observing other people's relationship dynamics that some people seem to feel love really easily, but they don't express it very well or at all, or they just seem to struggle expressing it to the other person in the relationship. So what recommendations would you have for someone like that? Yeah, I think that's an amazing question. The first thing I would do is I would just be really curious and I would ask myself, why? Mm. Like, why is it so hard for me to express love? And a lot of the times we're going to be, no, I don't know. Like I was just born this way from the time I was little. It was hard for me to say, I love you. And I'm like, no, don't say, I don't know. Because the second you do that, your brain just stops. It's like the red chip in a treadmill. Like the second you pull it out, it's just like this screeching halt. And your brain loves the phrase. I don't know, because then it doesn't have to go to work looking for a solution. Mm -hmm. So I say, no, just take your very best guess. Like, why do you think it's so hard for you to show love? And so I think if you're just willing to explore that Mm. question and like really find some answers for you, then 
once you find the answers, it's just, oh, that makes so much sense. No wonder it's hard for me. And then you just get to decide, okay, do I want to change this? Do I want to show love more easily? Maybe you're perfectly content with the way you're doing it. Mm. But I think just giving yourself an opportunity to figure out why it's hard for you is really eye-opening. And what about the person on the other side? The one who thinks I know they love me or I believe they love me, but they don't express it in a way that makes sense to me. Yeah. So it's the same concept. Like, why do you think they need to express it in a certain way for you to feel love? And I think something that like really blew my mind is we think we feel love for other people, but at the end of the day, I can't take love out of my heart and infuse it into yours and make you Mm -hmm. feel my love. If you're feeling love, it's because of what you are thinking. And so if I feel like, oh, like I know my partner loves me, but I'm really just not seeing it in the way that I want to see it. I want to be onto myself about that. Mm -hmm. And it's okay. But anytime I choose to feel love, it feels so amazing for me. Mm -hmm. And then the, the object of my love, like wherever I'm expressing that towards, they might receive it. They might not. That's either going to be a great bonus for them or it's not, but I'm always going to win because every time I choose to feel love, it feels amazing for me. Well, and I think there's a misconception out there that sometimes love hurts or it doesn't feel good. And I know through our training, like we learned then that's not love. You may be feeling love as well, but the negative part or the part of it that you don't like is something else. Yes. And I could get on a soapbox for days about that. They're like, oh, love is so painful. It's so complicated. Hi, that's not love. No, like then you're feeling confused and you're feeling hurt and you're feeling resentment, not love. Like, and it can, yeah, it can be about someone you love and totally. you can still feel love, but that painful part isn't the love. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's your layering. If you started with love, then you're doing what we call layering emotions and you're feeling something else. Mm-hmm. Love itself and its form always feels amazing. Mm-hmm. So why not always choose it? Yeah. I think that's an amazing question. And I think like my mind just first goes because you're a human, mm-hmm. right? And you want to have the most human experience available. Like I was talking to a client about this yesterday. She was talking about how she just hates to feel negative emotion. And I said, okay, tell me some of the bad things that have happened in your life. And she even had a hard time at first saying things. And I'm like, it's because you don't want to feel the bad things. Mm-hmm. But she was like, okay, my parents got divorced. Okay. Are you telling me you want to feel really happy and love and excitement about that. She's no, like really hurt. I'm still sad. I'm mad. And it's exactly, it's actually really important that we can feel negative emotion. Yeah. And And we we, want to choose it part of the time. Yes. That's the thing. I think if you just think about it, oh yeah, I really don't want to feel love always, Mm -hmm. but I think knowing that it's always available to you to feel love can be really empowering. Yeah, that's very true. And it is such a powerful emotion and one that does feel so good, but it's one that I know can sometimes be hard to generate, not just in your marriage, but in all relationships. So are there other emotions other than love that you encourage clients to cultivate as well in their relationships? Definitely. So the biggest one is curiosity. Mm, So I think we get really trapped specifically in relationships because I think too, the longer we're with someone, we think, oh, I know all the things. Like I know everything about this person. I know their habits. I know what they do well, what they don't do well. And so when we're not curious, 
I find that we're just assuming things and it's really easy to become resentful. And I did this work last year in my marriage and it was amazing to me. I was just like, no, I'm just going to be so curious as to why my husband loves playing this game that I think is the worst game on the planet. I'm just going to be so curious. Like, why do you love this? Why is this so fun for you? And that allowed me to get to know my husband even better and Mm. figure out more about what he loves and why he loves it. So I think, yeah, I would suggest curiosity all day long. And obviously in order to do that, you're going to have to be thinking thoughts. I wonder what this is about for him or why does she love that so much? Or why does she do this thing? So yeah, curiosity, fascination, amusement, like these emotions are way more fun than their alternative. Well, and with curiosity, I bet it's surprising how often you discover it's not to drive you crazy. Yes. <laughs> not the yes. Amen. The time. Yeah. And it can be like, oh, okay. And, and I think it helps us to be humble. It's, oh, wow. I was wrong. I was mm. totally wrong about that. Just like you're saying, turns out they do love me. They're not leaving their dirty socks on the floor because they're out to get, it's because of whatever. But curiosity allows you to find out so much more about your partner that you would miss when you assume you know all the things. Another emotion that I love is amusement. And I think that goes really well with curiosity too. Bring that sense to it. I wonder what's behind this or I wonder why that is. It's so funny the way those socks always end up on the floor in that same spot. Exactly. Yeah. And then I think it just, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. And I think it can be really hard, especially when you're like, no, this thing that they do annoys me so bad, but it's just like, okay. Yeah. But it's, let's just try being so amused, so fascinated why they do it. So since it is Valentine's day today, that this interview is coming out and some people love the holiday. Some people don't, you can choose to make it whatever you want it to be. But I think it is a day when a lot of people feel a lot of that love or they choose to feel that way. And they Mm -hmm. choose to express it in a lot of different ways, chocolates and roses and everything else. Yeah. But how can people carry that feeling of love and Valentine's beyond just this one day of the year? Yeah. I love that question. I think it's a really good experiment to recognize if you're a person that loves Valentine's day and you're feeling all the love, why curiosity, (laughs) right? Like you think you're feeling love because the calendar says February 14th, or you think you're feeling love because your partner brings you home roses and a teddy bear. And it's just the bomb, but it's no, you love this day because of your thoughts about it. Even if the thought is, Oh, Mm. today is the best because husband always does X, Y, and Z for me. That's what makes you love the day. It's not the actual day in and of itself. So I think a way to carry that feeling all throughout the year is by paying attention to your thoughts. And I think it's fun to see. It's just proof that you can do it. You have that skill. Mm, That's good. And that's so true because you already have these beliefs because you believe them on Valentine's day. So it's just like copy and pasting them to every other day of the year. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, And subtracting the it's February 14th thought. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yes. Mm. Yeah. That's so good. Okay. And I have to ask you because I read the love languages book oh, so long ago, years and years, yeah. but it is such a fascinating concept and something that a lot of people talk about. So I have to ask, is that something that you use in your coaching practice? So I personally don't, I think the love languages, if that serves you and you love it, amazing, use it. It's funny. A few months ago, my husband and I took the love language test for a date night and we were talking about it. And then last week, someone asked us like, Oh, what are your love languages? And I was like, Devin, what's my love language? There's your side. But I think for some people, it serves them really well. That's it's not something I use in my practice, but I say, if it works for you, use it. Yeah. If it brings that understanding or curiosity or love for appreciation, then do it. And if not, absolutely. It doesn't. Yeah. There's no right way to do it. 
Right. Except for the way that works for you. Okay. And then do you have any tips or advice for people who aren't in relationships on Valentine's day or any other day of the year? Yes. What I want to say to you is recognize that you are a complete whole person. I personally do not like the idea of, oh, this other person completes me or I'm a half to a whole. No, you're a whole (laughs) entire complete person. Whether you're married, whether you're dating, you're single, you're widowed, you're divorced. Hi, you're a beautiful, whole, complete person. And so I think, especially if you're a single person and people are always saying February 14th, it's just like singles awareness day and it's horrible. It's no, I want you to treat yourself on Valentine's day or, and honestly, any day out of the year, how you wish if you had a partner, were in love with someone, how they would treat you. So write yourself a love letter and tell yourself why you think you are the most amazing human in the world and get yourself a little treat. I think there's so, so much beauty in that. And just recognizing like, Hey, I love you. I think you're so amazing. You don't need another person to complete you or to make you feel any certain way. Like it's a gift you can give to yourself to just recognize you for, for all the amazing whole complete human being. And that's fascinating too, because you're so right. I think so often we treat ourselves much worse than we would ever let anyone else treat ourselves. And we have that double expectation for our spouse too, of we probably treat them worse than anyone else, or they see our worst side, but we also expect them to treat us exactly the the way we think they should. And the best of anyone ever. Yes. Yeah. Mm, That's something so interesting to to carry with you. Mm -hmm. And once you really do that work on loving yourself and caring for yourself, whether it involves chocolates and roses and love letters or not, right. you can show up so much better in all your other relationships for your spouse, friends, kids, parents, and on. And then maybe they get a better side of you too. Yeah. I think that's so true because I think a lot of the times the pain or discord we're feeling in a relationship really is so self-inflicted. We don't like ourselves and we are counting on this person in the relationship to validate us enough so that we can finally feel that love and it, it will never work. So that work really is to get to a place where you love and accept who you are. And then you have just a springboard. You have so much to give to the relationships in your life because you love and accept who you are. Mm -hmm. Wow. Thank you so much. That was so much really action-packed and thought and feeling-packed advice for anyone in any relationship, which of course we all are. So now I want to move on to the resolution round. So we'll talk a bit about goals and goal setting. But first of all, do you set goals or resolutions? And if so, what is that process like for you? Yeah. So I feel like at the beginning of a year, maybe this is how everyone feels, but I'm just like, oh, like the other night I wrote January 1st, 2022 in my journal. I was like, it feels so good. It's so refreshing. Like the first day of a new year. So the way I do it is I just have the beginning of a year. I have two focuses where it's spiritual focus or physical or business Mm -hmm. or whatever. But then in the actual execution, I'm all about 30 to 60 day goals. Ooh, that's good. I like that. I like years ago, I would make way too many resolutions. <laughs> and then I'm sure, you know, all too well, like by March, I'm like, ah, with all of it. it's way too hard. I'm just going to be fat and, and slow and it's easier. So yeah. So now I just pick, I pick one thing and then I break it down. I just decide, okay, is this reasonable? Can I do it in 30 days? Is it going to take me 60? Mm. And then I work backwards. I remember learning this at, in school and I was so fascinated at the life coach school that they were like, listen, write out all the obstacles that Mm. you can imagine are going to be in your way when it comes to achieving this goal. I was like, what? That's genius. Like I would always just set the goal and then hope that some fairy would come by and make it happen for me. 
And so working backwards and anticipating it. And then when it comes up being like, oh yeah, I've already planned for this. I know what to do makes it way more achievable. And I always view the list of obstacles as literally the step-by-step process to reaching your goal. Because if you overcome all of those obstacles, then reaching your goal is inevitable. So you can almost schedule them on the calendar to be like, I know that Thursday night there's going to be cookies on the counter and I'm going to want (laughs) to eat them. But if I am anticipating that and I can overcome that, the rest is just easy or you're on to the next obstacle to overcome. But yeah, I love that way of looking at goals too. Same. What is the biggest goal or resolution that you set and completed? I think it would be launching my coaching business. Mm-hmm. I just think even back to a couple of years ago, I was really afraid of like Instagram and social media. I'm like, I would just never post anything. And now all the time, Hey, this is what I'm doing. This is what I offer. And I just like last night I was looking through my Instagram post and I was like, Oh my gosh, I am so proud of you. I can't believe you're doing this. It started out as a little idea, like maybe a hope. And then I was like, no, this is the year I'm going to launch it in 2020. And I did. And then I've just been running with it ever since. And that's yeah. Been and here you are for me to see. <laughs> yeah. It's really fun. That's awesome. So what goal or goals are you working on right now? Since we just started a new year. Yes. Okay. So my big one is I'm training for a triathlon. Wow. That is on March 26th coming up. And here's the fun part. You guys, do I swim? No. Do I bike? No. Do I run? No, I don't do any of that. I'm a weightlifting cardio person. And for some psychotic reason at the end of last year, I caught hold of this idea and I'm just thinking it would be this amazing thing for me to do because I don't know how to do any of these things. They don't come naturally to me. So yeah, I'm in the thick of that right now. Wow. That is so cool. Yeah. I'm stoked. And sometimes you're right. Those ideas, they just, something triggers them or they really catch on and you're like, I didn't see where this came from, but we're trying this new thing now. And it's always so fun and you grow so much. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's what I'm excited about. It's going to be hard and it's uncomfortable and I'm going to fail and I'm going to look like an idiot for so much of this. But at the end, guess what? I'm going to know how to bike and swim and run way more than I did three months ago. And so that was a 90 day goal then that you've broken down. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah. Okay. Every week on the podcast, we encourage listeners to resolve to consider something or experiment or take some action. So what would you encourage listeners resolve to do? Okay. I would encourage you to sit down and think about what you think about yourself. I think it was Dan Sullivan who said this. He has a book about like the gap in the gain. And he says that your brain isn't you. You can think about your thinking. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really powerful. So I would just encourage everyone out there to sit down with a pen and paper or a Google doc, however it serves you and just write down, what do you think about yourself? Mm. And, and I think why, because that's your relationship with you. So if we're looking at it on a scale of one to 10, one being, I despise myself, 10 being I'm obsessed with me. It just gives you an easy way to see really how is your relationship with yourself. And it bleeds into all areas of your life. So mm-hmm. it's like, First, just get your thoughts down and be willing to just let it out. There's no filter. And the only rule is you're not allowed to judge yourself. You just want to be really compassionate and curious as you get out your thoughts about yourself and then go back and read it and then just decide what's one thought that I'm going to work on changing about me. It's really powerful work to do. Would you recommend people set a timer and write until the timer goes off or just write as long as they need to? Yeah, I think it depends. Like if you're coming from a place where you're like, ugh. Like, this is going to be so hard. If you're thinking it's really hard and you don't want to do it, you're probably not going to do it. So for the person that is literally sitting down and doing this, 
I would say, yeah, just go until Good. like set, set aside some time. that's going to be quiet and you're going to have time and then just let your brain go wild. Mm. And I keep asking what else? Is there anything else? And then you'll know when you're done, you'll know when it's all out. Mm. Okay. I have some confetti questions. These are just for fun and to wrap up the show so we can get to know you a little bit better. First of all, what time do you get up? With triathlon training, I've been waking up at five. First thing in the morning is when that's on the calendar. Yeah. I go to the gym while all the babies and everyone is sleeping so that I can get my, make sure my training gets in. So do you do all three in a given morning or do you focus on one? I'm so curious. Yeah. I usually like this morning was like running and swimming and Monday was biking. So uh, yeah, I break it up. I'm not to the point where I'm doing all three yet. (laughs) (laughs) I'll get there. Yeah. When do you do your best work? I do my best work early in the morning. I'm definitely like a morning person. I love when it's quiet and Mm -hmm. I'm awake and I have alone time. That's when I do my best. Mm, Okay. So when you come back from the gym right now, is that giving you so much more energy to dive into everything else or are you tired? Let's be honest. I'm pretty tired. And so I'm just like, but I have a plan. Like I know as soon as I get home, I like read and I do some thought work and, and it's quiet. It's very motivating to Mm -hmm. me because everyone in my house is still asleep. Like I come home and it's dark and everyone's sleeping still. So I'm like, okay, this is my time. When you have so much momentum, like exactly literally and metaphorically, uh, to just keep going. That's so cool. Yeah. What is the best piece of advice you've been given? Okay. I know this is funny, but my brain, like when I hear that, I go back to what, right after I had my second baby, I, I was really overwhelmed and like the transition from one kid to two, like just rocked my world. And I did not understand how adding this tiny human quadrupled my laundry. And my house was literally a nightmare all the time. And I just felt like I had no energy or time. And I was talking to my sister about it, who has five boys and I was just like, oh, crying about it. And she's like, Heather, listen, the dishes and the laundry, they will wait for you. They'll totally wait for you. And you will know when it's time to do them. Hmm. And I was just like, okay, could just maybe take a deep breath. And, and that, it just really helped me. And I, it's always stuck with me. And that's so true about so many things. Yes. To recognize and separate out the things that can't wait mm-hmm. and the things that absolutely will. Yeah. That's such a refreshing perspective. Yeah. What do you do to rest? What do I do to rest? Probably my favorite thing is getting in the shower, like a long shower. And I put my earbuds in and I listen to loud music and I'm just in there for a long time. And then I hop in my bed and read and go to sleep. That's that's my favorite. (laughs) Is there like lip syncing and chew a shampoo bottle in the shower? I'm all about (laughs) the dancing and the singing and I lock my door so no one can come in. Yes. (laughs) I love it. Favorite beverage. Ooh, of lately, I'm all about Sprite Zero with cranberry juice and fresh lime. So good. Wow, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Favorite TV show. Okay. I'm not a huge like TV show person because I get so stressed about all the episodes. <laughs> this is ridiculous. I don't have all this time to figure out what's gonna happen. <laughs> so the latest show that I watched and I loved was Bless This Mess. It was so funny and the episodes were like 20 minutes long and it wasn't serious. It was just ridiculous and funny and I loved it. Oh, perfect. <laughs> that sounds great. What book has had the greatest impact on your life? Honestly, it, w- it would be the Book of Mormon. Like mm-hmm. that book has helped me more than anything to just recognize who I am and why I'm here and my purpose. What book are you currently reading? I'm currently reading Becoming by Michelle Obama, which is mm. so good. I'm loving it. And Better Than Happy by Jody Moore. 
I saw that you got that. That's so exciting. Yes. It's so really good. What is a win that you're currently celebrating that we can toast with you? Oh, today, you guys, I got in the pool. The swimming part of this triathlon is so intimidating and so scary for me. So even just like getting in the water and swimming is like, okay, I can do this. <laughs> Such a win for me. <laughs> How far is the swim? It's 400 meters. So that's okay. 16 back and forth. Oh, yikes. Yeah. Pray for me. <laughs> I love that too. Getting in the pool is such a win. And it's one of those things where you could tell yourself, like, I just have to get in the pool. And then once you're in the pool, of course you're going to swim a few laps, but yeah, just taking that first step is what makes the rest possible. Exactly. And I'm like, okay, you're already wet because half the time I'm like, oh, Heather, just get out. Right. I'm like, no, you're already soaking wet and it's so much work. It's going to be so much work. So just get in here and get it done. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, definitely toasting that with you. So where can people go to find out more information about you and your work and all the amazing things that you're doing? Yeah. So you can just go to heatherflakecoaching.com or I'm on Instagram at heatherflakecoaching. And I have on my Instagram, I have some links in my bio where I send out a weekly newsletter that's called winning Wednesday. And it is just a quick tip for people to create a win in their relationship that week. Yeah. So cool. It's fun. Well, Heather, thank you so much for taking the time to come and share all of your relationship advice, tips for Valentine's day, and just all the wisdom that you have to share. No, thank you for having me on. It was so much fun. Such an honor to be here. So thank you. And that's a wrap on my interview with Heather Flake. I hope that you were able to take away some insight for your own life and your own relationships, whether they're romantic or not, and apply it not only on this very special day of the year, but on every other one as well. I don't particularly care one way or the other for Valentine's Day, but I love that it is the perfect day at which you can assess and evaluate your relationships, express your love and affection, and especially if you have a special someone. Just like I love how New Year's Day is the perfect opportunity to assess and evaluate your life in the context of your goals and everything else that you ultimately want. And It is such a fun microcosm on which you can examine something that matters a lot to you. So I wish you a very happy Valentine's Day. And I challenge you to do exactly what Heather said, to look at your thoughts about yourself. And once you've really taken the time to do that, to examine your thoughts about yourself in the context of all of your relationships, romantic or otherwise. It's such a powerful work that we can do. And the best news is we can do it all by ourselves. And with that, thanks for tuning into the Resolve Podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Carly Tizano. I would love to connect with you. Don't forget to rate and review. It really helps other people find the show. And subscribe if you haven't already so that you don't miss another great episode next week. For the show notes or additional support in reaching your goals, check out carlytizano.com. Until next time, here's to all that lies ahead.